Yeah, I'm never in sync. Yeah. I'm in a place and called Mullingar, Johnny, where there's no time zone. <laughs> <laughs> you know Niall Horan? One well, no. direction. <laughs> From the same place as him. That's okay, it's okay not to know that, Johnny. <laughs> He's pretending not to know who Niall Horan is. Everybody knows who Niall Horan is. <laughs> yeah, you got, I gotta learn sometime. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah, you don't, you're alright. <laughs> <laughs> This is Straight Talking Mental Health, your weekly podcast where we just talk straight about mental health. My name is Peter Dunn, and this man here is... Alan Clark. Are um, we doing pauses? You, you seemed unsure. My name is Peter Dunn. Um, yeah, I just I had to check the underpants there for a second to make sure, <laughs> or make sure I wasn't wearing somebody else's. <laughs> Laura's. Funny enough, um, I, I got an email from somebody recently who spelt their name with two L's. Alan with two L's. Fucking imposters. There you go. No, man. And there's a few of us out there. There is a few of us out there. Look what Bridget No, I've never never met an unsound Alan. An unsound Alan. Yeah. Uh, Let me see. Uh, Every Alan I've known have been sound. I don't have anything against Alan's. Yeah. Clark's on the other hand <laughs> well, I'd have me fucking issue with a few of them myself like. <laughs> and they're in the same fucking gene pool <laughs> uh, oh, do you, actually do you know something I do work with a guy this is cool talking about cool names I do work with a guy who's called Jason Bourne Oh, nice. I swear to God, I got an nice. email off him recently and went, wow, nice one. <laughs> Jason Bourne. <laughs> you know? yeah. I remember um, I remember when I had the surgery on my back, when I had the, I had a spinal tumour and I had the surgery removed. And um, I remember thinking, it was specifically the Bourne identity came into my mind where he gets the bullet pulled out of his back and then he jumps up and he's fucking getting ready. I'm like, I'm like, bullshit, fucking bullshit. <laughs> when you've had your fucking self cut open like that, you're not fucking moving around like that. that I call it shenanigans. That's what I call <laughs> Sorry, that was the part of the movie you had an issue with, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, well, you know, yeah. Just, not that not I could relate to. I was like, I don't know if you can load a gun that way. But I definitely know you can't fucking move like that. Fucking hurts. I was more concerned about the fact that he had, uh, or he was trained by uh, secret services, and then had his brain wiped and shit, and it was all coming back to him. And mm-hmm. but you, you were problem with him jumping up straight out of yeah, surgery, yeah, because yeah, well, that's that's, that's relatable. Like, like yeah. here, look, when you're fucking have to lie there after the surgery, the day after the surgery, I had to lie there for twenty four hours, staring at the ceiling in case I leaked spinal fluid, couldn't move. These are the thoughts that go through your mind. <laughs> I'd love a day like that. Just a light here to do nothing. I'd love it. <laughs> well, Peter, you book yourself into Beaumont there, have a tumour cut out of your spine. You can fucking get... But I tell you, like that was that was the first day. Should have had me up and walk. I had the surgery on the Monday. I was out on the Wednesday. Mm, unreal. What <laughs> a said, oh, don't you Because I remember asking the, uh, the receptionist or the secretary, the neurosurgeon's uh, secretary or receptionist, whatever she was, I was like, I was like, how long am I going to be in for? Like, I'm, you know, I don't know what the story. She's like, oh, don't worry, Alan, you won't be in a minute longer than you need to be. <laughs> I was like, fair enough. Get After in, surgery on Monday afternoon, I was out Wednesday morning. <laughs> so, cut my spine open, cut the fucking tumor off, put the bone back on, stitch it back up. Right, fuck off. Get you in, get you out. That's yeah, your factory yeah. work. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. I, was, I was only talking about it yesterday. I was in getting my hair cut. And I was talking about... Uh, <laughs> so I, I talked with the boys before, Colin and Georgie. I said, oh, I said, oh we heard you. I heard, heard, heard the show on the podcast. I said, oh, go, man. And I said, yeah, but he said, I said, you still didn't give me a fucking uh, a haircut worthy of the gram. He says, no, no, I'll give you one today. I'll give you one today. I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. I said, I don't want to fucking pity post. 
I said, I don't want to put up just because I fuck about it. I said, I want a wordy fucking, I want a wordy haircut. Like, I said, like, I want to look, I want someone that's going to look back and go, yeah, man, that's fucking savage. I said, when I, when I had the surgery, uh, the, the surgeon came in afterwards and he's looking at the stitches on my back, goes, yeah, 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 I like that. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I'm happy with that now. I was like, that's who I want. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a haircut I want. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. Yeah. You want a surgeon, like, you don't want a surgeon that's concerned about your mental health. You want no, a surgeon no, that's no, concerned about your fucking, physical health. narcissist with your God yeah, complex. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah fucking yeah, right. Yeah. I want yeah. the robot. Yeah. Yeah. Just slab a meat. Like, he's just a fucking butcher. Like, you know. Yeah. <laughs> But a proud so he can, does he some can, good work. Like we can take a picture of your back and send it to all his mates on his WhatsApp group for service. Oh, it's on his Tinder nah. profile. Here's what I do. <laughs> this is what I do. Yeah. Again, there's other people. And all have, the women are like, "Oh my god." There's other people having sex because of you, not with you. <laughs> yeah, same as fucking Flip. He got the ride off me paying for the dinner. This is this this is obviously my fucking role in life. Get everyone else laid. <laughs> there you go. As long as you can come to terms with that. The world yeah, is a better place. You fucking have to. <laughs> <laughs> now, this week, we are straight talking how to cope. And we're going to be talking to Johnny Crowder later on. Uh, we want to hear about his amazing story and how you can retrain your brain. Yeah. So, there, look forward to that. Um, any story with you, dude? Um, no, in lockdown. I got mm-hmm. me a haircut. I fucking got a look at that shit. Mm-hmm. Check that out. <laughs> I did too, but I'm not going to show off like you. Anyway, yeah, go on, go was, on. There was one, one appointment yesterday and I got it. I was saying to the boys and there was like boys and I swear to God I was like a crackhead the last time looking for a haircut on the last lockdown I'd be going around going man I fucking suck your dick for that fucking skin fade <laughs> <laughs> I fucking hate when my hair gets dark I just, I just don't like it um, so I got got that but I was like okay cut it cut it short because uh, six weeks <laughs> it's going to be fucking just out here like hold on for uh, a second hold on for a second you've got a barber in the family he won't do it why not I don't fucking do it. That's Clippers as broke. Is that life of Clippers? No. <laughs> he's just doing that to piss you off. That's what he's doing. Yeah, mission accomplished. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I know, yeah. That's the fucking worst thing. And the amount of people said, here, who <laughs> met that exact comment. You got a brother that cuts hair. I was like, I know. <laughs> yeah, no, got me, got me haircut. Um, work will... Drop a little bit, it'll come back a little bit. Yeah, cool. yeah. how about yourself? What's been going on with you? Uh, what's been going on? Quiet enough. Yeah, the the 5K rule is in place. You can only exercise up to 5K. But we're kind of blessed in a sense that we have a lot of facilities around that are only like 5K away, so it's not too bad in a way. So mm-hmm. we're lucky. But I know other people aren't as lucky. Uh, but at the same time, like, I don't know, sometimes I find you know, something something nice about lockdown. In what way? If they say, right, six weeks, you can go, okay, six weeks. Mm-hmm. We can deal with six weeks. In the meantime, I, I, what I think it'll do? go four. I think they'll do four. They're supposed to review after four, yeah. yeah I, I think mm, that, that's what I do. I mm. tell people six, and then they'll be fucking so grateful after four. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what but, I do. <laughs> you know, set yourself a challenge. What can you do in the six weeks? Mm. Can you learn something new? Can you do something mm. new? Can mm. you, you know, get fitter or healthier or whatever? Can you yeah. make some changes to the house or can you... Yeah. You know and what I mean? Fuck, it's man, just... My house is done. My garden's done. <laughs> this is going to be a different lockdown. <laughs> but is there anything you would do different or is there anything you could say, right, okay, I have six weeks. I'm going to do this. Yeah, I've been thinking weeks. about that and I've been thinking about having the podcast that's holding me accountable then as well. So I don't know if me, I don't know if my back will be able for it, but uh, I'm going to try and get back out running again. Hopefully, hopefully my back will be able for it. But uh, why, why, why running? That's just something I used to do. I used to, I used to like going out for a run. Um, mm. 
um, and helped me to lose weight. So but would that you, was, that was would you consider good. a different type of exercise? One that's not as strenuous on your back? Yeah, well, that's the other thing. But uh, I suppose, I'm, again, I'm going off experience. So my experience has been, well, when I go out running, I lose weight. So mm. that's, what, that's what I judge it off. That's that's the prediction. That's been the experience. That's, yeah, that's the prediction. Now, whether that's accurate, and this is when we get into the CBT side of things, mm-hmm. that's that's another sort of thing. But, but you could you could lose weight um, in less. I don't time. have to do it now. We're talking about it now. Well, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're putting the foundations. <laughs> yeah, now, fucking every everyone can hold me accountable. So you have to tweet me now and stuff like on. So did you go for exercise? Did you? Uh, how much weight did you lose? But this you know, week? it helps having something like that. Be it a motivator, it does, yeah, it does, be it somebody yeah, else yeah. that's going right. Come on, we're going out. Yeah, I've had clients that have come into me going, I had to do it because I couldn't face coming into you saying again that I didn't do it. Mm. <laughs> so even even that thing of, and I said, look, I'm I'm not here to check your homework. <clears throat> But it was just someone else to hold them accountable. God, oh, Jesus, I may do it. Otherwise, not yeah. that I would, but someone else, oh, I get a bollock and after. Like, that's why do it, the likes of Slim and World and all this are so popular yeah, yeah, because, yeah. you know, you weigh in every week and Shame. there's a group of people around judgment. you. <laughs> yeah, it's a push on, spur you on, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. But there is ways, like, you know, if you did, if you wanted to lose weight or whatever, you know, you can do, mm. you can do a hit workout in 15 minutes. Yeah. And that'd I was, be better I was than doing it back in... Back before the last work, last lockdown, um, I was I was back doing exercises. I was doing stuff in the bedroom here every morning, and then my back went again, mm. and just all my motivation went again. I'm like, for fuck's sake, what am I doing this for? Like I was, tr- I was trying to do it specifically to kind of uh, strengthen my back, you know, mm. get a good strong core and stuff like that. And then after that, the fucking the just motivation just deteriorated. Like yeah, I was just moving. I was I was doing a bit of garden. I was moved moving a couple of bags of compost. The same ones I moved the day before. And just whatever way I twist, bang, mm. it gone. I was like, fuck. And I yeah. know it. I know it the second it happens. Mm. It's gone. And then it's then it's months gone. Yeah, mm. it's, month, it's months now at this stage. Like osteopaths, yeah. osteopath stuff like that. That's just fucking, it just, you know, it gets in on you. Like. One thing I remember doing a bit of research on before was uh, just different workouts and type of workouts and different, you know, targeting different areas of the body and mm. all that. But I never knew that your core is there to protect your back. So your stomach muscles actually Mm. protect your back. Mm. I never knew that. And the more I noticed I strengthened my core muscles, my ab muscles, uh, the less trouble I had with my back. Because I get the odd twinge here and there, you know, bad backs Mm. running the family Mm. and all that Mm. as well. So it's something I'm conscious of. But I've made sure to do a lot of workouts on the core. And anytime I'm getting up out of a chair, getting up out of bed, I engage the core. If I'm lifting yeah, yeah, something, yeah. I engage the core. Yeah, yeah. And I do notice it if I am doing a core workout. When you get to the point that your your ab muscles can't take it anymore, then your back kicks in and goes, right, I'm taking this weight. Yeah, Because yeah, the muscles yeah. fail effectively at the front. So that's when mm. you stop and go, I'm done for today. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But mm. the more you strengthen that core, the more you protect your back. So there yeah. you go. All right, well, I'm setting myself. I'm setting myself to lose. I weighed myself this morning. I'm nearly 12.7. So I'm certainly 12, 12, 12, 12, 7, yeah. Ah, you're a pound heavier than me, motherfucker. Yeah, I'm also fucking about six, Fat seven fuck. years older than you. I <laughs> 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 what to say. Muscle weighs more than fat, isn't that what to say? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm setting myself the goal. I have it here now. Yeah, fair play to you. i the goal to, to get to 12. I get to, if I get to 12 in the six yeah. weeks. That's but there you go. Pound a week. It's very, yeah. very yeah, doable. Yeah, pound yeah, a week. That's what I say yeah. to clients. Like, just break it down. Don't be worrying about losing, mm-hmm. you know, three stone. Worry about losing two, two pound this week and two yeah. pound next week if you can. And so there now. So I'm fucking held accountable now. So you'll have yeah, to check good. in on me. 
Alan's yeah. challenge. I love it. Yeah. So Brilliant. check in on me next week. Now, what's your what's your smiles and royals? My smiles and royals. Lockdown has me fucking royal. No <laughs> way. That out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> I think this is going to be a bad one, man. You know, I think I think it's going to be worse. Um, I think you know it's easy it's easy to be locked down when the sun was splitting the trees the last. Mm-hmm. You know, you got fucking temperatures in the twenties, and you can have a barbecue. You could go out and do your garden. You could yeah yeah stand talking to your neighbours out at the gates. I think this is going to be a different experience. Mm-hmm. Um, plus, people are fucking sick of it. You know, there's been no real. What do we have? Well, there's been no real return. The pubs didn't come back. The fucking restaurants under certain conditions came back. There'd been an element of normality. But I think people at this stage are pissed. And, and people, I've been seeing it in clients, you know, that you see that anxiety building over the last couple of weeks, like, mm. that, it's, that it's coming. And, you know, I've spoken to a couple of people ago, like, I'm not, I am not looking forward to this. You know, I'm mm. not looking forward to the next to the next six weeks. And this yeah, was if, if they bring in lockdown, so... Yeah, um... I, I do agree with you like lockdown has pissed me off big time mm. and the only thing I'm happy with is the schools and the childcare have stayed yeah, yeah 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 you know there's normality but, but, for the kids and the younger people but yeah absolutely try saying that to somebody who's lost a loved one to COVID yeah yeah you know, and, I, mean, I mean we're saving lives here it's not yeah. like we're doing it for the government because the government mm. needs to save money because yeah. they, they bundled a load of it away somewhere and we're broke mm. we're mm. not you know, we're saving people's lives. We have a duty yeah. to the elderly in the community and the vulnerable, the elderly who have yeah. ran this world and has passed it over to us. You know, we have to look after them. The problem I have with it is the hypocrisy. Not just the hypocrisy, but the mixed messages. Like, the thing I can't get over, like, you see loads of people calling, oh, it's not, got 99% survival rate. It's like, yeah, but it's about the 1%. You know, this is the fucking, this is the problem. But it's the it's a bit like, you know, you can still play a fucking GEA match, mm. but you can't go to the gym. And look, I'm not. I'm not advocating for gyms. I'm not advocating uh, against the GAA. But you know, all the fucking all. The, so we'll take that there. The barbers, all the barbers were told this is what you need to put in place um, to be able to operate. So like, I'm. I'm not advocating for barbers. I'm not against the GAA. But I'm against these fucking mixed messages. Like you can't go to the gym. Uh, and apparently, like the gyms have been fucking sterile. Like you go in, you book your time. This is the equipment you're allowed to use. You clean it down, and then staff go in and clean it down after you. And then the next person comes in. Barbers, they've been, yeah. you know, barbers and hairdressers. They were told this is what you need to, you know, for you to open up now. This is what you need to put in place. And they've all put that in place. And well, you're not allowed to open. But 15, 30 lads can go out in a fucking field there. And breathe all over each other, and fucking sweat all over each other, and that's and that's grand. Like, so, someone said to me there during the week, it's like, uh, I said, they said, oh, I seen a good one there during the week. The GAA has become uh, more powerful than the church in Ireland now. You know, like, where, how hmm. how does that make sense? Like, how do you not expect fucking people to be pissed off with that? I mean, golf courses have to close now. Hmm. You know, where's the fucking? There's, there's no, you know, there's no contact. I think the problem with golf courses is the 19th hole. Well, no, they were, so they were gone. So you weren't allowed in. You weren't allowed in. Says who? Well, you haven't been. Well, I don't know if they have been or not. But, uh, yeah, well, if that's if that's the problem, yeah, look, they're to blame. But it's, 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 it's the gathering. Just, uh, how does it make no sense? And then the kids are still allowed to go to school, which I think is great. I think that needs to happen, but it doesn't fuck. It just doesn't make sense. Mm. It doesn't. It doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. No, a lot of it doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't. It's a, it's a contradiction. Um, at the same time, it's something new we're still all learning about. So yeah, look, the government are human. They're going to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. Uh, we look to them for leadership. We look to them for advice, and we expect their their best advice. And sometimes 
it mightn't be right. Yeah, but the the problem is now is that when they were they were claiming the World Health the World Health Organization are advising this, and you know we're following WHO guidelines, mm. and now the World Health Organization have apparently come out and said lockdown doesn't work; it's not effective. I mean, what 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 what's probably going to happen is the numbers will drop unless the virus is absolutely decimated. Zero fucking goes away. Mm-hmm. This is just going to come back, and in, in you know we'll be we'll, let's say imagine December, New Year's. It's just going to it's just going to go back up again. Well, look, Mihal said it in a speech. He said it will go up and down and up and down until we mm. get a vaccine. Mm. Um, but look, if, if lockdown doesn't work, how can it work the last time? Yeah, but this but we're back now, so it obviously doesn't. <laughs> well, it did, and then we came out of lockdown and went back up. Yeah, but again. but it's, yeah, but is that what it's going to be, though? You know, you yeah. okay? Let's come back out, right? Uh, six weeks, okay. Four weeks, shops can open. Six weeks, restaurants can open. Like. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Just it, it doesn't yeah. make sense, man. Look, I'm not I'm not trying to be political about it, but it's just like it, it, it's a GAA part that gets me. But you not how can look at it from that? a mental health point of view and the mental health of so many hundreds of people and kids uh, that need that outlet as well, that need that sporting outlet. You know, no, no, I do. Mental Absolutely. Being, but uh, there is people like physical. that. You're in full contact. You're breeding all over each other. You know what it's like to play sports. I, play, I played rugby. I don't know if rugby's out to still go ahead, but, um, you know, you're swinging over each other. You're fucking breeding all over each other. You're sweating all over each other. There's no fucking social distancing when you're putting in the tackle, like. Mm. No, of course it's not. No. You know, they're not running around wearing masks. Mm. And absolutely, I think sport is I think sport is great for mental health. But if you're allowed 30 lads swing over each other on a pitch, why are you not allowed four people on treadmills in a gym. Mm. That just doesn't make sense to me. You know, even before COVID, I always found gyms to be like a, a cesspool of disease, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I don't know many times I got on a treadmill and you look down and there's just mm. splashes from the last dirty bastard mm. who was mm. just fucking running on this yeah, thing, but, going, but, uh, spitting and coughing out. Yeah, and yeah. you're going, ah, Christ, come on, towel, lad, towel. Yeah. But that's yeah. what they have to do now. You have to clean after yourself and then the staff... Well, you, technically you had to do that before. Well, yeah, exactly. Know? Yeah, yeah. 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 But, but um, now, obviously, it's, it's a bit more enforced. I don't know. I, just, yeah. I don't understand it. So yeah. that's, well, that has me that's your rile, and that's fair enough. Yeah, that's yeah. Your rile. Um, yeah. My rile this week is... Um, I was watching football the other day and I was looking at the empty stands and I was thinking, it's probably going to be years before I get to go to a match. You know, like imagine yeah. Old Trafford, like proper football game travel yeah, over yeah, yeah. you know what I mean it just ah, felt a bit sad you know yeah. something I love but um, it's amazing actually when you watch games nowadays and there's no influence from the crowd there's no um, the crowd getting on your back mm. pushing teams mm. uh, you know normally when you go to an away match um, or you, you're the away team like 25% of the crowd is your supporters and they're normally drowned out by the other 75 percent but yeah, now yeah, yeah, yeah. it's neutral grounds effectively and you're seeing yeah. crazy results left right and center it's amazing um do you think that's a factor the crowd factor ah, or lack of crowd percent. factor absolutely yeah. a million percent yeah because you look at the end of the day we're all we're only human if you have a crowd of fifty-five thousand people oh, yeah. shouting you sure. on yeah, you're yeah, gonna yeah. get that last ounce yeah, of yeah. energy out of you to yeah. run forward, to tear forward, to yeah. bear down on goal, or to tear back and make that last ditch tackle. Oh yeah, yeah, but and even, yeah the, the even 
they even say it in the Formula One, like you know, for any any of the drivers racing at their home Grand Prix, like they say the crowd is worth a tenth or two tenths of a second. Well, look, you know, it's you're just, walking it up to just your car. gives you that. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. People chanting, you're looking at yeah. the flags to support you. Yeah. You're looking at the little kids who have, you know, your name on the the mm-hmm. back of their jerseys, and you're going, mm-hmm. Jesus, like it's, it's incredible. It's you probably know? goes playing to a playing to a home crowd, like playing doing mm-hmm. a gig to a home crowd, like and that's it. Yeah, fucking singing and rapping along or singing yeah. along. Or Everybody's there supporting yeah, you, yeah, you know. Yeah. But even down to the influence of the referee, you know, crowds mm. used to get in the referees. Yeah, 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 yeah. And now there's none of that. It's all very, very neutral, you know. Mm. But uh, mm. but it's it's funny. I remember um, reading an interview with uh, I think it was Chris Smalling at the time, uh, Man United player, former Man United player. He just left recently, but he was saying that one of the things he he would dread if they lost a match was going into the canteen on the Monday. And the dinner lady's giving him stick. <laughs> <laughs> and I just love the thought of this multi-millionaire footballer, you know, being put to fucking porch. shame by Doris. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you, Chris, Chris, what were you up to? What were you up to, Chatterjee? You were brutal, lad. You were brutal. But he was saying that at times they used to just avoid going in because the albums would give, like, these are your albums on minimum wage, probably. <laughs> Dishing out, you know, scrambled egg and beans. I want to see better from you. We see better from you now, lad. Watch it down. Get your beans into you. Scalding, you mammy. Sitting down there like a bell child going, yeah, yeah, Doris, I will, yeah. Sorry, Doris. <laughs> I just love that. Well, uh, more than likely with most fucking English teams. K? Yeah. K? No, no. <laughs> then to sit down and go, Fucking Doris is at it again. Jesus <laughs> Christ. I swear to God, if you don't fucking score next week, because I'm fucked if I'm putting up with her shit again. Alexis, does she know you, you're grand? I'll fucking tell you. I guarantee yeah. you she spat my fucking potatoes. Yeah. <laughs> I've fucking seen her looking at me eating. But uh, I just love the toss of that. Like, but uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's, there you go. What's your yeah, smiles? That's a royal. I'm a other, I have another little bit of a royal. Ah, come on. Come on. Me, only come come on, on me last night. Come on. Did you watch that Trump show? No, I didn't see it. What's that? The Coma? BBC documentary. Oh no, uh, documentary there's another series. one. Yeah, uh, it's only it's only new. It's only oh, was the it the Comey episode. rule? That was one of them. No, no, this is a documentary. It's just basically Donald Trump from 2016 to 2020. Like, okay. Fuck me, man. Like, how does he get away with this shit? Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> seriously. Like, yeah, how does he get away with it? It's a, but they're saying like you know this this is you know, and it's the great title. It's just a Trump show. Like this isn't about being the president of the United States. Like this is just oh, putting on a show. Him. Yeah. Like it was when uh, when he met Kim Jong Un. All he wanted to know was well, where's the cameras going to be? What's what's the backdrop? What's what what lighting have we got here? Like. Mm. And but just watching it and it's oh fucking you just watch the way he talks like he's just an absolute narcissist. narcissist yeah yeah absolutely and just a petulant child. Mm. Yeah, and it just the more I watch it, my mind is just fucking blown. Going, he is a salesman. Seriously, like, are you for fucking real? And he's a brilliant salesman. He that's bought. All, that's people, what he is. You know, that's what he is. Yeah, or the people bought into him rather. Yeah, but, uh, but apparently, um, apparently, he only ran for president as a kind of uh, to up his wages for the the Apprentice. It was kind of a, a bargaining chip of going, well, you know, I'm Donald Trump, I'm president, I want X, I want all these millions. Yeah. And then it just fucking took off. I and actually... If, if you ever watch when he was announced yeah. as president, like, lads celebrating, you could kind of kind of see this look of, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Um, I remember, yeah, funny enough, two things there. I heard another one uh, where he was running for president to up the profile of the daughter who planned to run uh, this year, I think. Oh, Jesus. Um, That's the daughter he fancies, is it? Uh, he fancies, is it? What? Oh, I don't ever hear what he makes. You never hear what he says about his daughter. Uh, I, I, I don't want to. Actually, I don't want to know. Something along the lines of, like, if she wasn't my daughter. This kind of stuff, like, and going on. Ah. Oh. But Fuck I heard another shit, another um, the one before where there was a guy you've been interviewed on, an Irish fella living in America. He was uh, an actor, but he did a lot of extras work. And he was hired to be in the crowd for Trump's first speech when he wanted to run for president. Mm. Just to make up the numbers. Yeah, yeah. Cheer yeah, and chant along. Yeah, yeah. Seat fillers. You get them at the Oscars and stuff like that. Like, yeah. Um, it was funny, you know, you're mentioning uh, where's the cameras and what's the backdrop going to be and all that. Did you watch The, the Tiger King yeah. on Netflix? <laughs> yeah. I love how they edited that where one of the guys who owns one of these fucking jungle places. Yeah. They were all yeah. fucked up. Oh, Everyone oh, stop. But your man with all the wives and who oh, all yeah, lived yeah. on the ground. I love the way they edited to leave in what he was saying before. You know, he was saying, right, you're going to knock on my door and I'm going to answer and going to go, oh, welcome to my house and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And then you're going, yeah, to, yeah, I'm going yeah. to be here. But they left it in. And that yeah, just yeah, kind of yeah. took the power back. Yeah. As if to say, yeah. you're not in charge of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. You know this is your so show. I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, um, so, yeah, so I've been watching that. And then, because then I'd watched the, on the documentary series that's uh, on Epstein and fucking Trump is there. Used to be hanging out with fucking Epstein and... Your vibe so he, attracts he's your been all over my fucking head this week. So, so that, mm. but that's the end. That's the enemy royals. Trump good, good, good. Just, just my bafflement that how, like, lads, how the fuck's he get away with this stuff? Like, mm. and then everyone that got kind of bigger than him, like, if that got any sort of a high profile, any of these advisors, he just sacked him. Mm-hmm. And then former, you know, former assistants going, yeah, he he doesn't like anyone getting any more coverage than than he is. Like, yeah, yeah. just absolute narcissist. Like, it's shocking. So that, mm. that's that, that's me royals anyway cool smile away from me here smile um, so so one of me smiles uh, Cammy Cammy on last week I was listening back oh, to oh Cammy's good crack yeah yeah and mm. I was like yeah he fucking came across really well like, spoke you know, very well yeah. yeah he doesn't have I, the big tick Kildare accent you have he's a bogger <laughs> uh, he's a little fucking bollocks though because he doesn't he doesn't like the dubs like <laughs> I said, like, you're fucking, what is he? He's one quarter dub, like I said, don't you fucking forget that, like. Quarter dub. It was good to get, obviously we talk about social media and stuff like that, and you know, in our generation, but it's good to hear, hear the voice of someone that has only ever known it, like. Yeah, true, know, yeah, and, yeah. And to get the voice of someone on it. Mm. Yeah, so yeah, that, was, yeah. that was one of my smiles, yeah. Good, good. Any more? Um, yeah, so my, so my smile is uh, Spotify. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not a fan of obviously what to pay artists, but in terms of access to music and stuff, like it just y- y- you can't beat it. So I, I put on one, I put on some pl- pod, uh, some playlist that it suggested. You know, you get these rewind or your favorite songs from the past, which are pretty good in fairness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> this this one's the one. It's like I've always been amazed at how the fuck can I can Spotify play me that because I have a very varied taste of music mm. uh, and I was like I'd say to hey I was like oh this cunt again like oh Jesus Christ what's he fucking listening to now Wu-Tang oh no he wants a bit of David Gray oh fucking alright <laughs> but this, this this was the first couple of songs I love it please forgive me if I bring the motherfucking ruckus <laughs> <Bring the> mother- <laughs> <laughs> so this was the first couple of songs I was just smiling as this came on 
David Gray. Shade. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Gangstar. <laughs> Whitney Houston. It's not right, but it's okay. The Dark Child, uh, Rodney Jenkins, the produced one. Eric B and Rakim. Wu-Tang. And Guns N' Roses. Welcome to the jungle. <laughs> You fucking know me so well. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever algorithm they use is yeah, amazing. Fucking incredible, yeah. man. Like, so I would use Spotify down the office if a, if a client is doing some art therapy. I'll say, you know, would you like to just listen to some music? And I'll throw on Spotify. Oh, what, what are you in the mood for? And I listen to them. So it can throw up some random stuff. If anyone ever sees, like, Alan is listening to, I'm uh, just part of me going, lads, that's not me in Spotify. That's not me, you swear to God. What do you mean, art therapy? Yes, I'd be doing, yeah, 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 a great way of accessing the unconscious and stuff like that. Yeah, painting or uh, different, different kind of things. Yeah, well, powerful. Well, very what powerful. Do you think? Just kind of anything, really, is it? Yeah, sometimes I might say, well, let's let's have a look at you know your family or a common one I would use would be uh, masks. So I give them a, it's a it's a, about the size of your face. It's a it's a mask, but it's just plain white. I'll get them to paint it on the outside for. I give him my only fucking secrets here, man. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck's sake, like. <laughs> but uh, so painted on the outside of what people see, or the face that you show to people, mm-hmm. and then after to do that, I will say, okay, now flip it over, and now what people don't see. So what goes on on the inside? Very good. And you should see the difference between those two sides. Different colors. Oh, different fucking everything. Yeah. Yeah, they've wow. never been any way similar. Wow. Yeah. Well, we all wear a mask, don't we? That's it, and that's that's exactly what this exercise is for. Yeah, like, yeah. you know, and it's about very much trying to okay. Well, let's. Well, depending on you know whether it's what they don't show to people, or you know, so you'll see a lot of people. A lot of the artwork on the inside will be, um, you know, it might be a lot around the, on the imprint. Yeah, so it's the reverse. You know, it'll be a lot of dark stuff in the mind or stuff like that. Or, you know, there might be. They might have tears underneath the eyes, whereas on the outside of the mask is a big smile, and you know. So it's it's what we show and what we don't show. Wow. So sometimes they will listen to Spotify as they do that. You know, That's that throws up dodgy taste for me. Yeah, <laughs> but it, wouldn't it be amazing to get all the masks and have like um, uh, a gallery? I've thought about it. I've thought about great it. Idea. Yeah, I've yeah, thought about yeah. it down in Chalk Down. Anonymous. Yeah, 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 and you know, charging people two euros or five euros, and then give it to Chuck Dara or something for their mm. counselling fund or something like that. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, because I have them all. Like, well, I, wow. well, except for the ones, wow. you know, some clients will take them home and they finish therapy. But yeah, yeah, they're they're fucking cool, man. I must, wow, uh, amazing. Yeah, yeah. and then Brilliant. you know, people then project onto it. Then so other people would see them and go, oh god, and they guess, and it's like, nah, it's not like that, all. Like, but that's that's your yeah, projection. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, but that's powerful. art. That's art, isn't it? You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. It's your interpretation yeah, of the work. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Wow. See, man, not just a pretty face. No, I'm telling you, dude. Yeah. I'm telling you. Need to be filling out them taxes now going, yeah, not just right face. off all just, this. Will you let me off there, boys? <laughs> For charity? <laughs> <laughs> so that's me smiles. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. What's your smiles for the week? One thing that always gets me is, um, you know, the, the oldest person in the world or the oldest person in Ireland or whatever. And, mm. you know, the wisdom they have and that they pass on there uh, during the week. Did you hear of uh, Nancy Stewart or Nanny Nancy, as she's called? She's no, 107 no. Wow. and she's the oldest person in Ireland. Um, but Jeez, I'll, I'll just give you two lines from a, a little message she had to everybody. She said, we must mind ourselves, but we must also mind all those around us. Look up and smile, even if you have your mask on. 
No. <laughs> Speaking of masks. No, fucking myself and Nancy get on well. There you go. Oh, what's my one? Look after yourself and look after each other, yeah. We are not here to live for ourselves, but to live for each other. Nancy knows what's up. There you That's go. a fucking and voice like, of experience, lads. There you go. There's a lot of there's a lot of wisdom in that, you know. Mm. And that's why I love to read about people who are like the oldest in the world or whatever. Hear their take on things, and you know, I think the common denominator in it all is, you know, just don't worry, don't stress. Things will happen. You will get over it. Mm. Um, you know, uh, keep up with latest trends is always a common one. You know, or you'll have people like, uh, they'll say, well, I have a tipple of whiskey <laughs> once a week or I have a tipple of something, yeah, yeah, a tipple yeah. of whiskey every night, me tea or whatever, before mm, we went to bed. Mm, mm. And, uh, or somebody will say, I, I always make sure I get out for fresh air or go for a walk or uh, keep in touch with people. Mm, you mm. know what I mean? Um, but that's it. it, it that's a, a common denominator between them all that I've found anyways. But, you know, she summed up in two sentences pretty much what we've been talking about for the last 22 episodes. So what you're saying is if you cut out all our shite talk over 22 episodes, <laughs> yes. this is all you're left with. <laughs> and she fucking summed it up in two sentences. <laughs> pretty much. You yeah. waffling motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> I've, uh, I've, I've kind of another rile, actually. Oh, jeez, um, another fucking rile. Well, it's, uh, <laughs> That's I'm what gonna, I get. I'm, I'm you can say, have as many riles as you want, man. I don't I, care. No, you you can't. No, you there's can. no point in shy. Don't be the smile and Ryle podcast. Go I'm going to kind of merge two of these together. Um, it's right. a correspondence. It's the good and, and the bad. And the bad and the good. Got a correspondence from our good friend Dave. And um, he was talking Dave about... Dave Butler? Yep. Yeah. Talking about one of the uh, one of the episodes he did uh, a while ago. Um, where I was talking about the... What were they called? The uh, cruelty uh, men. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. And uh, the cruelty men are basically like ex police in Ireland who picked up kids from you know places of poverty and basically brought them to the Magdalen laundries brought mm-hmm. them to the local mm-hmm. parishes and they got like half a crown for it and they basically said well look these kids are um, you know they're malnourished or this that and the other. Mm-hmm. they may have been in some cases they wouldn't have been but you have people out for commission and they were never yeah, questioned yeah. you know which is horrific mm-hmm. um, Dave was telling us about the wrens of the Curra. did you want to hear Cura, the wrens yeah, yeah. of the Curra? Yeah, yeah. I never heard of that before Mm-hmm. And tell, tell people. No, I'm not. I'm not overly familiar with it. Um, I just I've, I've heard of them. They were uh, prostitutes or something, or mm-hmm. they slept with British soldiers and they had to live on the curra, uh, live in the the ferns, live in the ditches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, th- yeah like it's it's horrific to think that you know. This, not this even was, too long ago. This was in Nancy's times, man. Yeah, that that's was true. In Nancy's fucking. Yeah, lifetime. you're right. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, you had people who were abused like this, or you know, uh, some beaten to death. Um, you know, burnt out of their homes. You know, cast aside by society. And mm-hmm. you know, another thing occurred to me then is uh, uh, we discussed in another episode where. You know, this is in your DNA. This is passed on in oh, your epigenetic. DNA. Yeah, so yeah, you know, you have people, on. you have people around today who would have been uh, these women would have been ancestors of. Well, I, I, I was going to mention it, but then you got on to me. But then uh, my, my other royal was the, the <laughs> fucking mother and baby homes and sealing the records for thirty years, like. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know the fucking the trauma that's passed on, like. Oh yeah. You know, so there you have people that grew up in that. So obviously they've experienced no love. Mm. They pass that on to their children. They don't know how to connect, attach to their child. Yeah, yeah. 
And like this isn't this fucking legacy just didn't just die. What's it what call? Was it ninety something? The last one cost? Yeah. yeah. It didn't end in fucking ninety six. Like this this mm. gets passed on and unless the children or the grandchildren of those people work through those issues than the trauma of, of their grandparents or parents. Yeah. It gets passed on to generation. To That's generation. it, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah, then the yeah. government want to lock the fucking record for 30 years? Mm. Ask me bollocks. Yeah. What an absolute disgrace, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, so there you go. That's kind of a royal and uh, a point made by by Dave. So that's amazing. Yeah. Thanks for that, Dave. But again, it's, yeah, it's another thing that's um, that's brushed under the rug in society. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. Uh, there you go. Um, let me see. Did you do a tell them thanks? This I week? did. Good man. I what did do we got? Tell them thanks. Yeah. So a local, a local tell them thanks. So my mechanic, Good, Yuri, great. nice guy, really young, young guy, he's in his twenties. Had a fucking issue with the Batmobile. Uh, oh, yeah. The new Batmobile. The, the new fucking Batmobile. Yeah, oh, yeah. Wow. Turbo on it. So I went, went back to the garage. It's not covered under warranty. But when I bought the car, it's all oh, it's covered under manufacturer's warranty. And then your man said, oh, no, the manufacturer's warranty was up in uh, was up in May. So I said, oh, uh, I'm not bringing it back to them. Yuri always, always looks after me on the price. Um, so I gave it to Yuri. Could you not argue that you couldn't go back because all the places were shut down? So the warranty should have been raw, pushed out. Raw, but at that time, oh, yeah, were they in May? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. all right. Yeah. Or when? Well, yeah. Well, actually, I never thought of that. But Yuri, who was you know, he put a lot of work in. He goes, yeah. He said, I'm fucking convinced that's a turbo. But he says, look, I have a mate. I'm going to give him a phone call. So he rang Opel, and came back and they said, no, no, you've a hundred thousand mile, hundred thousand kilometer or three year warranty on that. So it's actually covered under warranty. So a fucking good man. Talking himself out of money, talking himself out of a bit of work in this day and age. And he goes, no, no, I'll give him a ring. That'll be covered under warranty. That won't cost mm. you a penny. Um, so, Yuri and uh, I think it's M- MC Motors in Clare Town. He's up in the, up in the old Black and Decker. I'd highly, highly recommend him. And, you know, I was just like, fair play. Like, you know, that's a guy that could have. And he wouldn't. He's just he's just not that kind of guy, you mm. know. Uh, he's just a really, you know, he's really sound. He's really I think nice. the honesty will pay off more in oh, the future. Absolutely. Because, you know, you're, you're saying it now. Or yeah, if yeah, you yeah. didn't have a podcast, you'd be saying it to me. Or you'd yeah. say it to your... Yeah. Your ma, your brothers, or whoever, you yeah, know. I, I only said it to a client yesterday. I said, "Oh, well, look, I, I know a guy. You know, yeah, yeah. You know, if, you, if you're interested, he's very good." And obviously, I wouldn't send them to people just because he sound like like <laughs> has to do good work as well, and, course, and he does yeah. like. But you know, but he looks after people. So, so I put a post up then, just just thanking him last night and uh, just encouraging people to mm. to go there. So a bit more local, but give him a bit of worldwide uh, worldwide explosion. The shake yeah. might be on. Uh, Yuri, shake. I hear you've got fixed cars. Yes, you fixed my turbo. Yeah, I have. Yeah, yeah. I have gold Bentley. All right, what, what, what's, what's the corner that I get spread? No, no, no. You don't understand. It's gold. Not gold paint. Gold. <laughs> you fix. <laughs> so he'll be onto the carpenters. He's going to be onto the mechanics. <laughs> so look, we're looking after the shake. Yeah, yeah. No, you got to look after the shake. Yeah, we'll but all be found out weird because we've got it. Did you check the Did you check the stats? No. A few, a few listeners. You know, there's a there's a good few listeners out out that neck of the woods. Like, wow, are these all like uh, primary school teachers over? I don't know. Abu Dhabi, Germany. So it's wow. Ireland, the UK, the States, Canada, and then Germany. That's that's the rankings for, mm. for the last couple of weeks. Wow. Uh, India, then uh, United Arab Emirates, Bahrain. Mm. Wow. Saudi Arabia, Egypt, 
<laughs> Morocco, Malaysia, Sri Lanka, Algeria. So, you know, the Sheikh might be on. You never know. Okay. Either yeah. that or it's a load of Irish people at home with VPNs that don't identify. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I use it for watching porn and listen to the straight talking mental health podcast. <laughs> Meanwhile, some fucking young lad in in Saudi Arabia gets his door kicked in <laughs> for listening to us. <laughs> well, I don't know, I don't know. Don't like check talking Irish. Local one, yeah, yeah. Nice one, uh, nice one. Yeah. I didn't do a tell them thanks this week. Is that right? I did something else instead. Um, I was parking my car the other day and uh, went over to get a parking ticket. Have these parking app, which is very handy. Except I ran out of money on it. I'm like, ah, I have to go in. It can't go into the app and load money on it. I have to go onto the website. And it was the old credit card I used. I got a new one since. There'd been an issue with a new one. I was like, ah, I'm not arsed doing this. Like 15 minutes sitting in the car. So I just went over. Had a couple of euro in my wallet, so I just went over the machine, took a euro in, and there was a, an elderly woman behind me, and I had another euro, so I said, oh, look, ah, popped a second euro into it, and hit the button, and I just stepped off to one side and said, there you go, and she goes, sorry, I said, there you go, your parking's paid for, and I didn't touch the ticket, she can take it mm-hmm. out, I wasn't going to lift it and maul it, and go, there you go, yeah, yeah, so yeah. I said, there you go, you know, ticket yours. And she goes, oh, act of oh, hold on now, I'll give you... I said, no, 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 it's just a good deed. You pass on the good deed to somebody else. Pass so I'm kind of hoping forward. that it'll... It might even snowball, you know what I mean? She might yeah, yeah. do the same to somebody else yeah. uh, down the line and well, that'll just kind of, you know, you never know. Well, somebody, that's that's the literal translation of karma. So when, when people think of karma, they think of some kind of uh, judicial uh, book balancing. You know, something bad happened to you because... Okay. You cheated on the test in school. Oh, that's karma. That's that's getting you back now for for what you did or for what you did. But the actual translation, uh, if, if I remember from scan- Sanskrit, is it's action. I, I think so. Basically, um, acts motivated by uh, so thoughts, speech, actions motivated by kindness, compassion, generosity. That gets passed on. Mm-hmm. And actually, what the science what the science reveals is people are more likely to do an act of kindness after one has been done to them. So she is actually more likely to do it. So it's karma. So you, you pass this on. And, yeah. and the other side of then, you know, it's actions motivated by greed, anger, etc. You know, so if you come at someone angry, they're more likely to come at you angry. And then you go home angry. You fucking go, see that fucking prick. Somebody else. And then yeah, you yeah. pass it on. Go, what the fuck? I, me. I didn't fucking do it. Take it out on somebody yeah, else. So yeah, that, yeah, that's yeah, the literal, yeah. that's the literal karma in action rather mm. than, oh, you did this bad thing. So this is what happens now as a result of that. Right. You know, yeah, no just, judicial. Just, just, yeah, 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 yeah. Very good. Just, yeah. Yeah, so there you go. Carmen Ashman. Good, 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 good. Delighted, yeah. Well, look, for the sake of a bloody euro, hopefully it made somebody's day. <laughs> you know what I mean? If it helped. And it'll make somebody else's day. And somebody else's, mm. somebody else's. You know what yeah. I mean? Or not yeah. exactly make their day, but it might put like it like uh, to last week, the interconnectedness. Mm, yeah. They all affect each other. Yeah, yeah, true indeed, yeah. So yeah. she goes home now and maybe she tells us, oh, you're never going to guess what happened there now today. The lovely young lad there now. Mm. Oh, geez, that's great, isn't it? Well, I was just afraid. I was just afraid that she'd turn around and go, uh, "No, I need two-hour parking. Can you put another euro there?" <laughs> Sorry, I've no I've more done. money. But you can have my ticket as well. <laughs> I've done that before, where I would have paid for maybe two or three hours, and there'd be time left on the ticket. And I'd always, and I'd else, always yeah. stick it back to yeah. I say, like, "Oh, and like, oh no, I'm going to be here for." I was like, well, "Fuck you, anyway." Um, little things, man. It's the little things. Yeah, it's the little things. They're the, the big things. things. Fair play to um, And if see. anyone does anything, if anyone does any little random acts of kindness, you know, let us know. Yeah, you know, absolutely. If you hear yeah. it, you're probably more likely to do it yourself. Go, oh, mm. I was listening to the boys, and then 
Peter said, oh, so then I pet for someone's cup of coffee or mm. something like that, you know? Just do one. One act yeah, of yeah. kindness, you know? Yeah. Actually, I did that for somebody one day in Costa. Um, went in to get a cup of coffee. Uh, in my sleep deprived state where I was hooked on lattes in the morning uh, when Quiva was only young and uh, I just, there was a woman in front of me and your man said sorry the card machine isn't working and went, well, I have no money on me mm. and uh, your man says uh, sorry there's nothing we could do and I just said to you and said I'll pay for it it's grand and she was like, oh, no, 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 you're gone. I said, not at all. I said, look, I know when you're in bad need of a coffee, you're in bad need of a coffee. Mm-hmm. So, look, I'll, I'll pay for it anyway. So, because I, I happen to have cash on me. Normally pay by card, mm-hmm. cash. Mm-hmm. But she wouldn't accept it. She went, no, no, thanks very much. And she walked out. Really? Okay, well, that's fair enough. If you don't accept it, that's fine. Mm-hmm. You know? But, I, have, uh, I have an issue with accepting kindness. Maybe so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Why would you not, like? Yeah. And, you know, someone does something nice like that, like, take it. Same as a sound of compliments, take it, like. Mm. Someone has taken the time to compliment you on something you've said or done accept it gracefully exactly, receive yeah. it like yeah yeah mm. don't yeah, fucking yeah. throw it back in someone's face mm. I know it. in fairness she didn't throw it back she was very appreciative of it but uh, yeah, she but was like oh no but thanks like, huh why not take it like I know? don't know I agree with you absolutely or even taking yeah. and go well I tell you what that was worth a fiver I'm gonna put a fiver in the charity box or something absolutely cool. pay it forward nice. man. just pay yeah, it yeah, forward absolutely man. Mm. I'd have no issue with that whatsoever. Yeah. Wouldn't offer to do it if it didn't mean it. You know what yeah, I mean? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah. I I'd I'd do that as well, absolutely. Like yeah. yeah. Awesome little things like that. So yeah. yeah. I'm sure there was times if you think back you were stuck and somebody gave you a dig out, you know what I mean? Or mm. even small No man, I've like, learned to be so independent. I never find myself stuck. <laughs> This is what happens. This is what happens when you grow up the way I do. You become fiercely independent. You don't accept cups of coffee. I know. I I, I would. Mm. Yeah. yeah. No, fair enough. Fair enough. All right. We got some correspondence. Do we? We do. Uh, do, 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 do. Andy got in touch with us. So okay. um, Andy sent a message saying that he listened to the CBT episode, and halfway through he got a feeling of dread. He'd realised that he'd been practising CBT on himself without even knowing what it was. <laughs> so there's a good question. Do we naturally perform CBT on ourselves? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, every every day is. Fucking, yeah, everybody is. For better or for worse. It's that mm. little voice in your head. It's how you talk to yourself. It's. Um, but even, you know, is CBT like if somebody's riled up and they're getting ready to blow and they go... Right, let's deal with it. Mm, is that CBT? Mm. You know, if somebody's no, just taking a breath just, or taking five seconds. It's just conscious thought. It's, it's the C. It's the cognition. It's the cognitive part of, of, of CBT. Like, I mean, the, the tagline of my practice was clear psychotherapy and counseling, and then the tagline is changing minds, changing lives. Mm. You change your mind, you change your life. I'll give you... I'll give you let, me, let me pull this up here. Yeah. It's yeah. actually... Um, uh, first line... I just thought it was interesting when he mentioned it because, you know, the more I think about it, the more I realise, yeah, we probably do without even knowing. You know, we have a way of looking after our own heads ourselves developed from existence. Oh, yeah. So this is... um Depending on the uh, depending on the translation, so the Dhammapada is um, it's a kind of Buddhist. Uh, it's a collection of the Buddha's the Buddha's teachings and writings and stuff. Well, that sounds like a, a term in Irish I never learned. <laughs> the Dhammapada. It's like Dhammapada. the Mokanilak. Mokanilak. That's the one. Yeah. That's the Mokanilak about. It's like I would or I might do something or I don't know. I, I never learned it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the Dhammapada, I think it it kind of translates the path 
of eternal truth or something like that. Um, and it's, it's it's said to be a collection of the, the scriptures of the, of the Buddha. There wouldn't have been writing at the time. but uh, So this is the very first lines of it. All experiences preceded by mind, led by mind, made by mind. Speak or act with a corrupt mind and suffering follows as the wheel follows the hoof of the ox. This was two and a half thousand years ago, man. It's like this, this shit's all coming Very from inside good. your own head. Wow, wow, and, wow. And going back to what I was saying, the karma, you know, if it's if it's anger and stuff like that, it, it will follow. Mm. Um, so that's that's the first lines of it. Wow. Um, yeah, which good. is why Buddhism appeals to me so much because it is very much about it's yeah it's, it's something I want to talk to you about in a, a, another episode maybe religion or maybe Buddhism in, in general mm-hmm. um, but uh, and the effects on your mental health obviously but uh, well, that, yeah. that was my thesis my thesis for my degree was uh, what was the title mindfulness and beyond mm. um, using Buddha utilizing Buddhist principles for the alleviation of suffering Grant, you don't even have to do research for this podcast. So <laughs> don't just, I'll just read out my fucking yeah. pieces. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he made another good point, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, he said, I remember in another episode where you were talking about cleaning out the gutter uh, before you feel better. Oh, yeah. So oh, he yeah, said... Yeah, that was a great point you made. Yeah. I Well, look, I don't make a whole lot of them, but I... No, I, you do, man. I do. I accept that. <laughs> mm. But he was saying, um, I was thinking in a sense your show is actually a therapy session for the audience. But one consequence of that is that you might delve into one subject, then go on to another, the next episode, that mm. might open up wounds for an audience member. Mm. So he was mm. suggesting that it might be a good idea to have links of places uh, that people can... Uh, go to people can check out uh resources and that kind of thing mm-hmm. so uh yeah it makes a good point i mean you're opening up wounds and they are old wounds and they take a while to heal and mm-hmm. i suppose it is something we kind of well, we don't brush over as such but you know um he was mentioned in here as well about uh, triggers Mm. Um, you know, people getting triggered by uh, different topics and that. It, it, it that's new to me. Yeah, you know, yeah, people yeah. getting triggered by stuff. And I know you'd said it before. You know, to um, any subject that is a little bit heavy. You know, just mm. stop, mm. go away, come back. Um, but do you think we we need to do something to kind of close that wound? Or we can't. Man. We can't. Is that up to yeah, the list? The, the problem is, is you can't mind everyone. Mm. you know um, and in terms of having links sure anyone can google anything mm-hmm. you know, and I'm not being dismissive but uh, I know this I mean if if you if you start considering everybody maybe you can try to be as sensitive as possible but if you if you start considering everything you'll never be able to say anything you know and True. you don't know like you know as, as you spoke about the wrens you know that could trigger something for someone that's who maybe his grandmother was or something like that or mm. You know, so how how do you give the information without uh, okay. triggering somebody? Mm. You know, and otherwise all you're doing is every every topic we talk about then will just end up becoming okay. Well, let's have a warning before this. Let's have a warning before that. But you'll never know what triggers anybody. Okay, that's 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 the reality. That's, yeah, that's that's trauma. You know, and what I would say to people like that is if, if you do listen, if you listen to anything and you find yourself triggered. And I mean, that fucking term has been, that term has been a little bit hijacked as well. Like, you know, and whenever anyone says something online, oh, triggered, you know, oh, you've triggered all the fucking white people or you've triggered all the fucking racists or you've triggered all the okay. stuff like that. Like, but, you know, we're talking about traumatic triggers. If something triggers you, mm. then it's triggering you for a reason. Yeah, and yeah. the reason is it's there's unhealed. a problem. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You need to sort that problem. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So if you are triggered by anything we talk about, you know, it may, it may be it may be a good thing to go and speak to go and speak to a professional. You know, yeah. this is where therapy comes in and go. Oh, geez, I was listening to Straight Talking Mental Health podcast the other day, um, and they were talking about such and such a thing, mm. and you know that really triggered something to me. Okay, well, what did that trigger? Well, it started bringing up. Okay, well, what was it about that? You know, you yeah, you know, for something to push a button. It needs to be connected to something. Mm, true indeed, yeah. You know, if, if, if I push the button on the microphone, that doesn't turn on the light. Mm. It's not connected to anything. It's not wired to it. So for something to trigger us, it needs to be connected to something else. Mm. So I, I don't think we can. I don't think we can speak about anything uh, or try and um, pre-warn people on anything um, because everything can be a trigger for everyone yeah you know whether we're talking about the wrens whether we're talking about the cruelty man whether we're talking about um anything yeah okay what what, what can we do what can we do about that yeah to find out what it is name it and go talk to somebody about it yeah name it name it resources yeah yeah Yeah, yeah. okay Yeah, yeah Very good, yeah, yeah. I don't know what's what's your thoughts, man. That's that's my yeah, that's I, my thoughts. From I, I totally made angle, a, but. yeah, no, I totally made a good point. All right, and um, I suppose that's what we're doing here is we're we're highlighting issues in association with a mental health with mental mm-hmm. health, so people mm-hmm. can say, okay, like you you mentioned it there last week. You had a client who was listening to podcasts and went, oh shit, I suffer with anxiety. I never knew what yeah, it was yeah. before. So. Yeah, yeah. In a way, that's our intention, is if you have people listening to this going, oh, God, uh, that's that's a sore spot. Mm-hmm. OK, mm-hmm. it's a sore spot. Go work on it. You know yeah, I mean? yeah. Like, yeah. you know, looking back at our stats and some of the most popular episodes we have are depression, anxiety, um, yeah. self-harm. Yeah. Very popular. You know, that what took I mean? a and huge jump this week. Yeah, I was looking at um, the stats there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it it gives us an idea of what what's going on out there and what people mm. are, are are looking up and what people are listening to. And but it all it all represents my work, which is mm. you know which is why you know we talk about these topics because depression, anxiety, self harm, self esteem, loneliness. You're going to see loneliness take a jump now. Yeah, as as we go into lockdown again. Mm. Um, these are human. These are human issues, and there's reasons why they're the most they're the most popular episodes. Yeah. Mm, it's an interesting trend, all right. But uh, mm. no, cheers for that, Andy. Thanks for getting in touch. And yeah, if anybody absolutely. does want to get any, in any touch, correspondence. Yeah. yeah, cool. Now let's welcome to the podcast the founder and CEO of Cope Notes. And when he's not doing uh, that, he's touring with a metal band, Johnny Crowder. You're very welcome, my good man. Thank you so much for having me. I also wish I hope listeners can just understand that Alan's headphones are matched to his jacket. <laughs> he's yes, coordinated. Someone that appreciates a bit of styling. <laughs> That's Thanks, not a Johnny. coincidence, Johnny. You're welcome. Anytime. I also have my uh, Iron Giant T-shirt, so you are what you choose to be. So, did you ever hear of Iron Giant, Johnny? Oh yeah, I actually refused to watch it because I remember crying when I saw it when I was a kid. (laughs) So I've not watched it since. That's how good it is. That's how I never heard of it. Never heard of it before. Never. (laughs) It'll tug at your heartstrings for sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So, Johnny, you tour with a with a, a metal band. Uh, can you still put on concerts in the US? Because here in Ireland, there's a ban on all live music events at the moment. Yeah, the entire music industry is shut down. So just for people who don't know me, um, including you guys, I've been touring mm-hmm. for uh, almost 13 years. Wow. So it's very much a part of my life and my culture. And I've been making music for, for a super long time. So at home, we're able to write, but not being able to perform is actually like 
I'm realizing this year, it's my first full year without playing a concert. Mm. And I realize now how much I relied on mm. live music as a coping mechanism, as okay. like some, as a healthy outlet for me. Cause without yeah. it, I feel like I, I need to fill that hole with something else. And I just mm. am trying to make sure that whatever I fill that hole with is healthy and creative. So yeah, I think yeah. writing I've, I've kind of transitioned from, you know, rehearsing and preparing for tour to just trying to write as much music as possible. Like that, that's the thing. It's a great opportunity to be able to write new material, be able to produce new music, but it's no good unless you can try it out on the crowds. You know, yourself, like sometimes, like we, myself and Alan were in a band and sometimes we make music. Former rappers, try it out. Johnny, I see the face there. We're yeah, retired. Former right rappers, now. retired. Yeah, yeah, semi-retired. Yeah. Semi- I'm still good. I'm still good. <laughs> Alan's over the hill. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm still good, man. I just got to like, just got to like, like, let him have his day in the sun. It's okay. I've done enough. <laughs> but you know, sometimes you try out material and you think to yourself, this is going to blow the place away and it just falls on its ass. And then there's other days you do a song that you're not mad about and the crowd just respond to it. So yeah. you need that kind of feedback from the crowd, you know? Yeah, I, I just actually attended. Um, so I usually speak. I do a lot of public advocacy. Like I'll speak at um, conferences and events and churches and prisons and schools and stuff about uh, about a lot of the stuff that you guys talk about, like mental mm. health. And mm. um, it's definitely challenging to speak to a virtual crowd because when you're in front mm. of you know, you can see a couple hundred faces if you start mm. telling a story and you can see people's faces kind of turn and they're kind of bored. You can just wrap it up yeah, and yeah. switch to something else that you know they'll like. But virtually, you can only see a few faces at a time. So I definitely feel you like you can spend all day writing a song that you love mm-hmm. and show your fans and they're like, this is not at all what we were hoping for. And yeah, it's a fine yeah. line because you don't want to yeah. pander, yeah. but you do want to provide value to the people who support you mm. yeah true indeed mm. absolutely and uh, you know how has COVID-19 affected you throughout the pandemic you know has much changed where you are at the moment because in Ireland here we're in lockdown so Again. you can leave your house for uh, exercise and to do your your grocery shopping that's it yeah it's I think it's a different answer if you're talking about me personally or like policy wise in the mm. US because mm. I feel like not to get political I don't even know how this is a political topic but Mm. america has just done absolutely the worst job responding to this so in terms of what does the what has life changed for americans Mm. unfortunately for many americans they're just going about their normal day and ignoring all of the protocols and best practices Mm. but for myself i know because i got covid in july and for the months before that i was like not going to the grocery store i wasn't going to the gym like i was kind of going stir crazy um Mm. and it i think the biggest challenge before that was the the impending feeling of knowing that i would probably catch it and i have asthma so i was concerned about that being high risk but then another part of it was all of my coping mechanisms were like stripped from my life so live music gone Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. going to the gym gone playing basketball gone uh, seeing my friends or going to church or all of these things that brought me so much peace and balance were stripped for me. And I I thought like, well, as long as I can stay away from crowds and stuff, I'll be fine. But I didn't realize that me staying away, me staying home meant 
distancing myself from the things that were keeping me feeling healthy. So mm-hmm. it was definitely a wake up call because people don't think like people don't think of basketball as being good for their mental health. Like that's just no, you play basketball because it's fun and you enjoy mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. But really, it's supporting you. It's sustaining yeah. you. You yeah, need yeah. stuff like that. Mm. Well, there's challenge. There's so it's a social element. There's the challenge of the game. You know, it meets it meets a lot of a lot of our psychological needs. So, mm. and anything that provides that, and when that's stripped away, as you said, whether it's basketball, whether it's the gym, whether it's uh, social outlet, whether it's music, mm. any of those things that you know kind of recharge the batteries and you know do us some good, you strip them away, and you know we we realize then oh. <laughs> Oh, now I now I remember why yeah, I do those yeah. things. Yeah, yeah. Johnny, do you mind me asking what was it like uh, having COVID? So, I want to preface my answer with the fact everybody already knows this, but everyone's body responds differently. Mm-hmm. So please, if you're listening to this podcast right now, don't think that how it was for me will be how it, it will mm-hmm. be for everybody mm-hmm. else. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I was, and it's so funny. I was so freaking careful. I was like so cautious and mm. uh, this was, yeah, it was end of July. It was actually on my birthday. It was <laughs> oh, literally <no. laughs> on my birthday that I got COVID and um, I was like, it's my birthday. I want to see my friend. And I have this mm. friend, Zach, who I've known for 20 uh, something years. Like he was my first friend I ever made. And I figured, you know, I'm not going to a bar. I'm not going, you know, I went to, I went to Zach's uh, wife's, mom's house and it was just a couple people i just went Mm. to see zach and then a couple days later he told me hey uh my wife tested positive and i was like well i feel fine so i'm not worried Mm. but i'm gonna stay home either way Mm. and then uh that night the night that he told me i felt like a train hit me like i was my whole body felt like it was just being destroyed and i had crazy bad headaches and i was soaking wet from sweat mm-hmm. in the middle of the night like i could not sleep and then the next day i had crazy fever i was like destroyed but then after a couple days of like knocking on death's door i all of those symptoms became like flu symptoms so instead okay. of being like dialed up to 11 mm-hmm. then it was like you know the flu sucks so mm-hmm. it was like from 11 to like a seven to a six and then for a while after that, it was really just uh, fatigue. So, like all in all, my symptoms only lasted a couple weeks, but the fatigue lasted for months. Okay, yeah, oh, yeah. 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 I, I I've heard that all right. You know where people will have um, long-standing effects where like that their energy is just completely worn away. You know, we I've seen some people who have to learn how to walk again. Wow. You know, some people with. Um, uh, still with breathing difficulties, mm. um, you know, it's it's not just a virus, you know, it's something that can have an effect for the rest of your life, you know what I mean? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, my barber, I was in my barber yesterday and uh, his father had it months ago and I just said to him yesterday, he goes, oh, how, how's your dad doing? And he goes, oh, yeah, he's, oh, he's still, still in a cough there. I said, you know, because it scars your lungs and he said, you know, he's still not right and mm. I think he caught it like back in Start of the summer. Wow. And he's, wow. he's, still, he's still feeling the impact of it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There was something so. about actually having it that made me feel like I was uh, dirty or like separate. Like I felt like a leper. Mm. Yeah, and even yeah, on yeah. video calls like this, like all of my meetings for the whole year have been on video. But mm. even when I would tell people like, yeah, I have COVID right now, they would like recoil. 
in mm, their seat. Like from the would, video. Like, wow. Yeah, they would like sort yeah. of sit back from their computer like I'm going to infect them through their computer. <laughs> My <something>. goodness. <laughs> but it, to catch a virus. <laughs> yeah, get a virus up to date. <laughs> <laughs> it, it really made me feel so unwanted. And there's a lot of judgment around it too. Like, mm-hmm. you know, people are like, well, what were you doing? Yeah, I bet yeah, you weren't yeah. being safe. And I bet, and yeah. in truth, I wasn't being safe. I saw my friend on my birthday. And mm. looking back, that was the concession that I made and it caused me to be sick. But I, there was so much shame around having it. Yeah, yeah. I mm. can see why people don't tell other people when they have it, which only makes it spread faster. Yeah, people are yeah, like, yeah. Well, I don't want my family or friends to treat me different. I don't want them to think I'm irresponsible. Yeah. And it, we have to do something about that shame factor because it's not helping anyone get healthier quicker. In fact, it's True. doing the opposite. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You're right. Um, how did you cope mentally during COVID, Johnny? Um, it was really challenging. I, um, I think I made a conscious choice to purposely dig into hobbies and to purposely use my body. So... Um, these were three things that really helped me during uh, COVID. I, I did, I called it my three things, but it was like my checklist for every day. So I made mm. sure I did one thing that felt the same, um, like stretching in the morning or flossing or putting on socks or whatever, like stuff that you would normally do if mm-hmm. the world wasn't upside down. So I yeah. did one normal thing. Very good. Then I did one thing that felt different. So, um, trying to cook a recipe I've never tried before or watching a movie I've never seen or listening to a band I've never heard. Um, so purposely trying to keep my brain stimulated by like learning and discovering new things. And then the third thing I tried to do every day was reach out to somebody, start one conversation. So do one thing that feels normal to show your brain like, Hey, some things are still the way they were. Yeah. Very good. And then do something different to show your brain, hey, I know every day feels the same, but this is what's going to make today feel different. And then just finding a way to socially connect and take initiative socially. Because people might not reach out to you every day. You have yeah, to yeah, pick a yeah. friend or family member in your mind and say, I'm going to send them a video that I saw. Or I'm going to ask, hey, do you remember when we went to the park three years ago and that dog pooped on your shoe or whatever? <laughs> you have to take initiative and a lot of times for me it was those three things and then making sure that i got blood flowing through my body so even if Mm. i was super fatigued it's like putting an ice pack on myself or taking a warm shower or um, there were literally days when i would just twist my body back and forth standing up just so i would get blood flow because i was really sedentary during that time but, right, but okay. that was all you were capable of at the time, Johnny, yeah? Well, there were some days when I was like, I would kill to go to the gym right now or something. But I knew that if I got there, I would do one set mm. and then be completely destroyed and mm. obviously compromise the health of everybody yeah. there. So <laughs> the most I did during Unclean. that period was I would purposely, I would like walk around the perimeter of my apartment complex, like away from everybody and just try to be, I mean, almost nobody lives in my complex, but just purposely trying to be outside and like get sweaty and smell air mm. and just try to 
understand that there's a world outside of my little 900 square yeah. foot region. Yeah, because it can be easy to just kind of shut yourself off from society, from nature, you know, um, from conversations, as you say, with loved ones, you know, to go, right, I'm going to sit back here and then I'm going to wait till I'm better and then I'll, I'll, I'll write back out. But it's during that time you need to look after yourself. Dude, you think 14 days isn't that long, but mm. most people have never spent 14 consecutive days in one room. Yeah. And mm. and there are some people who have like a, you know, they have their own house and they have a backyard and all that stuff. That's mm. different. I'm sure it's still difficult. But when you're in an apartment, you can't like, you know, you step out your front door and you compromise your neighbor. Yeah. Like you're living so close to people that you really have to stay confined in it. It's not... You know, 14 days sounds like, oh, yeah, I'll just watch Netflix and eat ice cream every day. And it's like, dude, after nine hours of that, you want to you run a marathon or something. <laughs> Johnny, you're a survivor of abuse and suicide. Uh, it's something we've covered on this podcast before. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, I, for a long time, I think the simplest way to say it is I thought that I wanted to die because, and I thought I deserved to die. So I wanted to die and thought I deserved to die because of a lot of the pain that I had experienced growing up. So they're hand in hand, right? You grow up in an abusive household and mm. you are hurt by the people you're supposed to trust. Mm. And you think the only way I can end this cycle of pain is to not be alive anymore. And... Looking back now, I realized what I really wanted. I didn't actually want to be dead. I just wanted to not feel pain constantly. And at the time, I thought those were the exact same thing. Being dead is not feeling pain. And now that I look back, I'm like, wow, thank God that I am still alive because now I know that you can get out of a cycle of pain and abuse without while still being a living breathing human and i didn't mm, mm. i genuinely didn't know that at the time yeah you said johnny you said uh, this this was abuse that occurred in the home this was from a caregiver was it or mm-hmm. yeah so i mean that's that's a completely different i know you have a i know you have a background in psychology i mean from an attachment point of view you, you know your caregiver is is a source of threat leads to a disorganized attachment style and you know how would you have seen that then play out in your own life Um, it definitely made it difficult to, I'll say this, it changed how I look at marriage and, um, parenthood. You know, when I was, when I was younger, I I battled, like, I want to be the best husband in the world and I want to be the best father in the world. And I want to write this cycle with this idea that kind of haunted me. Like, maybe you shouldn't get married. Maybe you shouldn't have kids because you don't know what that's going to look like. And mm-hmm. maybe it will, maybe it will be just like this. So there was a fear built in that has actually kept me single for most of my life. Um, because in my mind, I always found a way to like come up with an excuse to not form an attachment. Like you said, Oh, they're not good for me. Or my touring schedule is too strict. I would like (laughs) disqualify myself basically. So would you count yourself as an avoidant on on the attachment style, Johnny, with all of that being said, or was it kind of anxious avoidant or dismissive avoidant where, you know, you you want it so bad that you can't go to it. Or it's just like, yeah, I don't have time. No one needs that. Which Which would you say? picture every picture every little 
every type of attachment being on like a pinwheel and then yeah. spin it spin and it. whatever day oh, today God, is wow is one of those things and I've, yeah. I've done a lot of work internally like i've i've spent 10 years in in treatment and mm-hmm. attending therapy and mm-hmm. um i've definitely done a lot of internal work but even still i notice myself saying um disqualifying myself even from social outings because i think well you know the subconsciously i'm like you know what if i have a great time and what does that mean are they gonna you know abandon me or the other way which is um, what if I go and have a terrible time and then I've learned not to spend time with people? And there are a lot of times now, like I'm 28, and now I can hear those thoughts in my head and go, now, wait a second, how much of this mm-hmm. is logical mm-hmm. and how much of this is some old fear and PTSD stuff boiling mm-hmm. up? But mm-hmm. you got to think when you're when you're 19, when you're 12, when you're 23, it's a lot more difficult to discern yeah. what is your, what is Johnny Crowder's thought and what's a thought that is sort of a bunch of taped together garbage that you're recycling. Yeah, all those interjections that you grew up with, everything you've internalized uh, within, mm-hmm. within the home and internalized from the family and the caregivers and you can't differentiate then from a young age that, oh, well, is this me or is this them, which we can start to do as we get older. Yeah, but it's just there is no me and them. It's all just kind of enmeshed, and you don't know what's you and what's the other, and yeah, mm-hmm. it's just the impact of all of that. Yeah. Mm. Um, is there much stigma around mental health in the U.S., Johnny? Um. Yes. So I think it's funny how um, you know, in 2020, people will say like, "Oh, well." You know, Demi Lovato tweeted about mental health, so it's solved. There's no stigma anymore. Like Justin Bieber <laughs> should have heard us last week. I was giving up a World Mental Health Day, Johnny. <laughs> oh, yeah. People like, jumping on the bandwagon. Hashtag yeah, for a day, and then yeah, fuck it after that. Exactly. Mm. There's yeah. this idea that um, you know we solved it. And it's kind of like saying you know I recycled my milk carton. Global warming is over. <laughs> we did it, everybody. Mission accomplished. And I, I'm I'm for recycling and in the same way I'm for these celebrities speaking out I'm for these mental health awareness days and months and weeks like this is crucial but it is interesting to see how in America culturally we have this idea that we've, we've been there done that we already resolved that and it actually silences you know, what about the person who makes an attempt on their life the day after Suicide Prevention Day? Hmm. How many people are rushing to that person's aid? Um, Because I I, I don't think there's anything wrong with these public shows of awareness, Hmm. but I think that all too often they serve as the beginning and end of the conversation Hmm. when really they should, they're the first letter of the first word of the first chapter on the first book of a series of conversations. Mm. Mm, absolutely looking back over the uh, that fantastic TEDx talk you did um, you mentioned bullying how did you experience bullying it was mainly around my mannerisms like I, I'm a weird dude I sit weird I talk weird I like I'm just a very fairly unconventional type of creature and in middle school I had a, a really difficult time fitting in so elementary school I was bullied uh physically like there was like the schoolyard bully that would mm-hmm. like pound on you just but for a I bit think- of sorry johnny just for a bit of context elementary school how old would you be in elementary school so that's like 
you know, you're between six and ten okay. kind of range. Um, or maybe you're a couple years older once you're in like fourth and fifth grade. But I think in middle school and like my preteen years, um, I had difficulty connecting with kids because my OCD was really pronounced. So I, you got to think I'm not touching doorknobs. Mm. I'm not touching human beings like hands or, you know, no handshakes, no high fives, no fist bumps. You're not hugging anybody. And I'm not touching my food. I'm not stepping on cracks and over t- okay. you, you know, you got to think for, for middle schoolers, you don't have to do much to be considered really weird. Yeah, um, yeah. And I felt really ostracized. Like, I remember there was one time where, um, so I was eating a sandwich out of my, um, it was out of a bag, like a Ziploc bag. And I would hold it under the table because I didn't want anyone to breathe on it or talk. And like, you know, a little bit of their spit gets on my Mm, sandwich or whatever. mm. And also I didn't want people to see that I wasn't touching the sandwich, that I was only touching the bag. And, uh, there was one time where this kid at my middle school, um, took the sandwich and like held, it was trying to hold it in front of everybody to show them that I wasn't touching my food. And then I was trying to take it back and then he just slapped it out of my hand. It fell on the floor and I didn't, I didn't eat it obviously because it was on the floor. And there were times when kids would like lick my food or, um, lick. I had, I had somebody, uh, lick their hands and like try to touch me and lick their hands and, um, put their hands on my backpack and stuff like purposely try to mm. um like trigger my ocd mm. if they knew that something bothered me and it just made me recoil a lot like i think in elementary school it was a lot more physical but then in middle school and high school i think in high school it started to even out but in middle school it was definitely um a lot more like emotionally and socially difficult and is that, is that something that's 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 still in your life now johnny or is it something you you've been able to get a grip on or uh, i think that it's in my life in the sense that i remember how it feels to be treated that way so a big part of what i try to do through advocacy or um through cope notes or even through music like truly if you go to a, so my band is called prison. And if you go to a prison concert and you see these kids, it's all those kids. It's the kids who couldn't, you know, the jocks wouldn't let them sit with them and the nerd, they can't sit at the nerd table and they can't sit at, you know, they're like kicked out of all the other social groups. And I look Mm -hmm. out, I look at metal and hardcore as that, like the kids who Mm -hmm. tried to fit any in everywhere else and got kicked out. So we made our own little club and to, I think bullying is still in my life in the sense that it influences how much I go out of my way to include other people because I know how it feels to feel left out. It's made you kind of hypersensitive to it, Johnny. So, Mm -hmm. you know, very much inclusive of of anyone kind of on the periphery or just on the outside of things. You mentioned in the talk as well, Johnny, about um, addiction. How has addiction affected your life? You know, this question is weird for me to answer sometimes because... I think people's expectation is that I have um, dealt with drug or alcohol addiction. And in fact, I will often speak at, um, you know, a panel or a conference or something. And in the Q&A, someone was like, uh, how did you get over your addiction? I'm like, I literally never said anything about addiction. They're like, oh, mm. well, I, I just assumed or I just figured. 
And I'm like, wow, is it the tattoos or is it the the way I grew up or what was it about mm-hmm. my story that made mm-hmm. you assume that I've experienced addiction? Um, but with that being said, I am fully clean and sober. I don't do drugs or drink or smoke or anything like that. I never have and I never will. And that's because of the home I grew up in. There's mm. there's drugs and alcohol in the home and you see firsthand what it does to somebody. If someone is, you know, it, let's say someone is uh, really funny and jovial and friendly um, when they're sober, if they if they drink and smoke or do some drugs, maybe they're not friendly and jovial and funny anymore. Maybe mm-hmm. they are aggressive or maybe they are sad or conniving or maybe they lie or cheat or steal or do something that isn't in their nature Hmm. and it's something that when you see as a child the first thing you think is you know i mean it doesn't let me say this my sister just got a dog and i thought it's going to take forever to teach this dog to sit and after like four days it knows how to sit and it's because it's not difficult to tie like a word or an action or something with a a a motion mm-hmm. and th- if the connection is strong enough and i think when i was younger i would see someone in my family drink alcohol and break something or drink alcohol and scream or drink alcohol and hit somebody and i would think oh alcohol equals this or mm-hmm. drugs equal this mm-hmm. and it doesn't take a rocket scientist to sort of recognize that cause and effect. And I know a lot of people who are like, yeah, I drink all the time and it's never an issue or mm-hmm. yeah, I, you know, I, I actually had a, a guitarist in a, a previous band of mine that said, you know, I just do, I know my limits. I do just enough cocaine <laughs> to, to play a good show, but I don't take more than that. And I just think like, holy crap, everybody thinks that. Everybody thinks I'm doing the right amount. No one wakes up and says, I'm going to develop a cocaine addiction today. No one says, (laughs) I'm going to be an alcoholic. Mm -hmm. It's, it comes from this idea that, you know, your limits and I'm not accusing anybody of not knowing their limits, but I am saying that you are making a judgment call about something that impairs your judgment. So there's pretty much a conflict of interest built. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another thing I want to talk to you about, Johnny, is um, uh, Cope Notes. Obviously, you're the, the CEO and founder of Cope Notes. Um, how did you come up with the concept? It was, well, you guys have seen my TED Talk, so you yeah, know a little mm-hmm. bit more. Actually, about I'm going to ask you a different question, Johnny, because okay. I'm sure you've been asked this one a million times. What prompted you on that night to send a text message to all those people? What was it about that night that led to, the, to all those text messages being sent? So you get lonely on tour, just mm-hmm. just if people have not toured for extended period of time. So I'm not talking about doing a weekend tour. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm saying, you know, for a few months, you're out and you don't see your friends and family members and it. Um, it can be really lonely Mm. and uh, we were a few days into a tour and the first so uh, the way that tour was set up was there are routing shows so the the actual tour itself started in California which is like 3,000 miles from where I live so we had to play all these little rinky dink routing shows all the way over to this uh, to, to the tour actually starting and a few of those routing shows canceled so we're in like New Mexico just in the middle of nowhere there's nobody around we're not seeing anybody and i think it was halloween night 
And I remember being like, man, all my friends are back home, like hanging out with each other and being social and celebrating. And I'm in the middle of nowhere in a Walmart parking lot in New Mexico, (laughs) away from everybody. We don't even have a concert to play. And I just realized like how much it would mean to me in that moment to receive a text message from somebody just the right text at the right time that would help Mm. pull me out of that depressive state. So I figured, I wonder if it would help other people as much as it would help me. So I just picked a bunch of people in my phone book and sent them the same text to everybody. And yeah, like the Ted talk talks about people were like, wow, how did you know I needed that? And I was like, Mm. I had no idea. I was just seeing if it would help you like it would have helped me. You needed it. You don't know if they needed it, but you needed it. Mm Mm-hmm. Wow. So there was still that desire to reach out, to connect. Yeah, I, I actually am a subscriber of Cope Notes. I have an <laughs> annual subscription to Cope Notes. I what's what's that tests. one? Was it Remington? I liked it so much, I bought the company. <laughs> I, like I set up the company, I like it so much, I use it. <laughs> yeah, for real. Like I, I even get Cope Notes texts now that kick my butt and some of them I've written. So it's like a text that I <laughs> wow. wrote like last your year <laughs> and it comes in at the perfect moment. It's totally relevant with, with, with what's going on in my life. And it makes me stop and shift my perspective and stop. Mm. It's like, stop beating yourself up or stop, you know, whatever, whatever I'm experiencing in that moment, I think how on earth could I have known that I would experience this last year when I wrote this text and how could our, you know, our algorithm, our artificial randomization system choose to send this text at this time on this Mm. day. It's impossible. And yet it happens every day. Mm. And it just goes to show that the brain is really powerful. The brain is the, everyone says the strongest muscle in your body is your tongue or whatever. Mm. I think Mm. your brain whoops it. It's just, Mm. I guess, not considered a muscle. It's an organ. your (laughs) Your brain is absolute it's a powerhouse Mm. and if you give it just a little catalyst a little kickstart i mean think about i love supercars so i actually have a a lamborghini right here a little model die cast oh cool and this car is so powerful but you need to start it you need to push the ignition button Mm. it needs to start that engine so i cope notes is not the lamborghini Cope Notes presses that ignition button and your brain brings all the power. Um, it's just, it's a shame how much potential energy your brain has and how little we utilize it because we don't have that catalyst to really put it to use. Mm-hmm. So that, that, that prompted you to, to, to start up Cope Notes and for, for everyone that doesn't know, then Johnny, tell us, tell us what Cope Notes is. We know it's good because you use it. Yeah, uh, in a sentence, we use text messages to help people improve their mental and emotional health. So mm. we send randomly timed text messages that combine you know, peer support and positive psychology and digital journaling to train the brain to start defaulting to healthier thought patterns over time. Mm. It's, mm-hmm. it's super high tech in the back end, uh, but as a user, all you see is a text message and you think, mm. oh, that mm. was nice. But you don't realize that over time, it's actually changing the physical layout 
of your brain. Mm -hmm. So we purposely designed it to feel really informal and casual. It's not like dense and clinical, but over time it's making, you you know, it's doing some heavy lifting Mm. up in your brain. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, You mentioned it on that. And it's something I would have mentioned on the podcast. You you mentioned uh, as a Habean theory, the neurons that fire together, wire together. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and that, you know, with that and the repetition of that, you're literally rewiring your brain and you're literally changing your brain oh, yeah. for, for people, the better. People think it's figurative. Mm, like yeah, oh, yeah. rewiring your brain. <laughs> oh yeah, no. rewiring your brain. No, no. literally. Physically. Yeah. It's yeah. like imagine a city planner changing where all the roads lead to mm, and changing mm. where stoplights are mm. and stop signs and you know, you're driving on the other side of the road now. Like it's that f- things are physically changing yeah. in your brain yeah. all the time. Yeah. We just help guide that process. Wow. I love your slogan, Johnny, as well. Building a better brain. Yeah, buddy. (laughs) I have have needed one since since I was born. I was like, this thing is not going to cut it. I need to make some improvements here and there. I think I think we both recognize that. I was only saying to Peter earlier on that the the tagline for my practice, my psychotherapy practice is changing minds, changing lives. Mm -hmm. And when when you change your mind, you you literally change your life and not just your life because as you change, you change everyone around you. A hundred percent. So Johnny, for all our American listeners, we get a lot of American listeners actually. It's fantastic. Mm. Um, How can they subscribe? Oh, well, you can use Cope Notes in any country. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, yeah. We have, users, countries or? we have users in 92 countries, maybe? Wow. It's, somewhere, it's somewhere in the 90s. Mm. Um, so, so no matter where you live, you can subscribe. And it's just you can just literally go to popenotes.com. And there's a button that says get a subscription. And there's also a button that says give a subscription. So if you're oh, listening and you're like, That's a great wow, idea. my daughter would mm. love this or mm. my wife mm. or my cousin or my mom or whoever... Um, you can purchase a subscription for a friend or family member. And just to be 100% clear, um, it's anonymous. So, you know, if you if you if both of you guys signed up right now after this podcast, I would mm. have no way of knowing. And that's the way I want to keep it. You know, it's Very y'all's good. business. Mm-hmm. And the other thing I want to say too, before we wrap up is, I know that there are people listening right now who think, eh, you know, that's not for yeah, me. Yeah. I don't really yeah. need this. This is yeah. more for somebody else. My This is for my coworker. And mm-hmm. I, I would challenge you to think of it this way. Would you ever look in the mirror and smile and see your teeth and you think, my teeth are so bright and white that I'll never need to brush them? <laughs> you would never, ever in your entire life think that. And I just challenge you to to consider prioritizing mental health because if you say you know on a, on a scale of one to ten ten being um i'm superman my mental health is at a one then there's room for improvement if you mm. say you're at a 10 there's room for improvement mm. i just want to clarify to people that the more you count yourself out of the mental health conversation because you feel you don't qualify or you don't you don't live with a diagnosis do you know how many mm. people use cope notes who don't have a diagnosis at all it's not the point yeah. The point is you have a brain and you should be taking care of it Absolutely. every day. And the website, Johnny, is uh, copenotes.com. Correct. Fantastic. So please check that out. It's absolutely brilliant. We were looking into it there. And uh, yeah, it's a great idea. Absolutely fantastic. Thank you so much, Johnny. Thank you guys for having me. The last thing I want to say real quick is if anyone needs to get in touch with me as a human being, mm. um, if you fill out the contact form on our website, if you are trying to get in touch with me, it will find its way to me. So oh, very good. just know Excellent. that that is something that you can do if you have a specific question or an idea or anything like that. Fantastic. Brilliant stuff. Johnny, what I normally do at the end of the podcast is 
I challenge Alan to come up with uh, an alternative inspirational quote or something like that. But I think we leave the honours with you. Uh, but instead of looking for an inspirational quote, can you tell me your favourite cope note? I can't do that. Are you kidding <laughs> like me? Take them on your kids. Upon hundreds, upon hundreds. <laughs> I don't. I have no. You know what I'll do? This mm. is this is going to sound like kind of a cop out answer, but um, at the top of our website in the header, there's a week's worth of cope notes texts that sort of cycles through on a rotator. There's like a phone and you can read the text. So oh, yeah. if anyone wants to actually preview any of the content, that's a way to do it. But picking a single cope notes text out of there's, there's hundreds upon hundreds of them. I have no clue how I would do that. Um, but hopefully it'll feel like I did you one better because there's seven on our website. <laughs> Can I read the one that's on the website right now, Johnny? Bro, this is I might end show. on that. What do you think? <laughs> Go for it. Um, gratitude is a lot like a muscle. Sorry, that flicked over really quickly. No, everything, will be, everything will be okay. Doesn't mean only good things will happen to you. Did you only read part of that text? Yeah, I think you missed the bottom yeah. of it there. Sorry, <laughs> i tell you what. It's changing too fast. It's changing. Yeah, here we go. I'll Even go positive changes like weddings and promotions can store up depression in a healthy mind. And that was ch- it's changing too fast, Johnny. You need to get onto it. <laughs> <laughs> what, the bananas, oranges and brown rice have in common? Yes, they're tasty, but that's not all. No, it's gone again. <laughs> no, when anxious, no, no. your body hunches over to protect the heart and lungs. Show your body that it's not in danger by standing up straight with your shoulders back (laughs) (laughs) okay look let's leave it there we hope you like what you heard if so give us a rating subscribe leave a comment or if you think someone you know would benefit from this podcast then by all means share with them stick it on your social media pages your twitter your facebook your bebo did you see the Bebo? Yeah, I think it's yeah. common. Yeah. Or on your MySpace. <laughs> it was never a MySpace. I think I still have MySpace. I tried to... Is MySpace still going, is it? I tried to delete it, but uh, I can't remember <laughs> Delete, get rid of that shit. Oh, I can't get fucking... Get rid of it, get rid of it. <laughs> so everyone, please go Googling Peter Peter Dunn or PDMC yeah. and see what he has on MySpace. <laughs> Actually, I, t- I think my profile picture is a picture with me with the notorious B.I.G. There you go. You met Biggie? I did, yeah. Did you not see that picture, No. Wax Museum Biggie or actual Yeah, movie? Wax Museum ah, over in New York. Yeah, yeah. But look, good I found my picture of a guru from the from the crowd that he gigged. Oh day. man, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, one, one, one thing I, I nearly forgot there. Mm. I had, so for, <laughs> let, let's let's look behind the curtain here for for anyone that uh, just to clarify, Johnny's in the states, obviously. So we have a time difference. So we had to record mm. our piece earlier and then go off living the world for a bit, and now we're back. We're back this evening to to record with Johnny. Mm. So but in in the meantime, I had a had a phone call from a client and he said oh you know I, I really you know I heard your podcast you know the one that you do with Peter and um, you know I was just looking I was just looking to make an appointment he said you know I just want to thank you you know because you're, you're talking about me and he said you know to be honest he said I've never reached anyone reached out to anyone before and oh, I probably wow. wouldn't have so this the podcast man there's wow. there's another person there's another person I've had a few clients of the podcast and the, the the emails and the correspondence that we get as well, so yeah. we're making a difference, man. If we do nothing else, I mean, yeah. if we hit the stop button right now and do nothing mm. else, that's mm. that's brilliant. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. That people are reaching out and people are talking. You know, yeah. but uh, yeah, that's excellent, absolutely yeah. excellent. So, so um, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. That's what we want. We want more people talking, more people expressing, more people kicking that stigma up the arse yeah simple as you know for any, anyone you know please do send us in your correspondence please do email us please do send us messages whether you slide into the DMs on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook you know just let us know because when we read when we read this stuff out you know it resonates with people and they you know they'll relate or they you know 
Mm. Your your story is is important, so you know. Yeah. Please please do get in touch. Absolutely, you know, regardless of how trivial it is or how trivial you think it is, mm. because other people may not may not think so. True so indeed. I, Look, I think it's I think it's important to acknowledge that. Absolutely, if you want to be anonymous, be anonymous. Yeah, 100%. absolutely. Yeah, yeah, and, want, yeah. Uh, or else just just go in and draft an email, draft an email, and have a look at it tomorrow. And if you still feel the same way, send it on to us. You know, mm. and we'll talk. We'll. Uh, or if there's a subject we haven't covered yet, there's loads of subjects out there we haven't covered yet, and we really look forward to doing it. But if there's one that we haven't done yet, please do get in touch. Straight talking podcast at gmail.com. Or as Alan said, find us on Twitter at STRA Talking Pod. We're on Facebook, Instagram as well. And you can follow the hashtag STMH. Um, big shout out to Fiona Bryan. He did the podcast music at the top and at the tail. Uh, he's an amazing producer, a beat maker. You can get him on Facebook at FOB Beats. Whatever you are, a singer, rapper, um, a local um, soap box opera singer, that sort you out. You know, right. yeah, random, random. He doesn't yeah, mind. Fucking you know, random a challenge. <laughs> that is random. Mental health. Mental health. Mental health. The mind is a devil.